How are we doing today? Yeah. How are we doing today? Okay, come on. We need a little energy, you know, uh, in here on this day. Whereas whether you're watching online, you know, or you're in the room, I am so glad that you took time, you know, to be with us today. Uh, one of the things that uh, ha- has been a, an emphasis is this idea of yield, this idea of submit. Now, we were going to call this series, You Must Submit, uh, but we figured nobody would show up, so you get yield. And so that's uh, the series that we've kind of been in. Now, I want to make sure you understand that submission is not slavery, coercion, manipulation, intimidation, misguidance, or suppression. Submission, what it means to submit, it means to surrender, to willingly yield ourselves under the power of another. It is a willingness to give up resistance. And so week one, we talked about how we're called to submit to Jesus in everything, his will, his word, and his way. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Week two, Jay and our friend and potential partner, Meher, talked about yielding to those in authority. And they talked about submitting to those who are in authority based on their position or influence in our lives, whether they're coaches or teachers, bosses, police, government, etc. And didn't they do a great job? Didn't they do an awesome job? Didn't they? I just love being able to listen. In, in fact, my favorite line, you know, from what Jay said was that really got me processing was this. If we're going to do the things in the name of Jesus, then maybe we should do things like Jesus. I was like, what a great reminder when it comes to how do we engage in things that we disagree or might have a challenge with. Then week three, which was last week, uh, Dave Stone, um, who is a friend but also a manipulator of the truth when talking about me and my golf game because he set me up the entire way as if it was my idea. So he's a liar and I hope, Dave, you're watching and you confess your sins before God and other people. But he talked about submission to church leaders, to elders, to life group leaders. And Hebrews 13, 17 summarized his message when he says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Again, this is a willingness for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they may do this with joy, not groaning for this would be unhelpful for you. Now, I know that today breaks your heart because we're actually finishing our series on yielding and submitting. And I know it it just hurts you. We wish you could have 20 more weeks of this, but we're gonna finish by talking about how we need to submit to one another, to submit to one another. So let's start with this. We are practically born with the idea of resisting or the, uh, the, the idea of surrendering or submitting or yielding to other people. In fact, here's what I want you to do. Think about the last time that you were faced by a family member, friend, coworker, neighbor, or anybody else in your life to do something that you didn't want to do, to go somewhere where you didn't want to go. What was your first reaction? <laughs> like most of us, this is my response. It's often, no, I don't want to do that because I want my will, my desires, my wants, and my way. Now, where in the world did we come up with that natural response? Well, I began to think because I have had kids or whether you have ever been a child, which all of you have, is that about the age of two, maybe three, you start developing a vocabulary. 
And uh, the favorite word of a two or three-year-old is what? No. No. Wow, you guys are good. The answer is no. And whenever you're asked to do something, maybe something as simple as carrying a dish to the sink, we find ourselves wanting to resist. Go ahead and check this out. You can't lift that up? No! Oh, come back and try again. You're almost to the sink. I can't do it. Oh. I can't do it. That looks like it's very heavy. I think you can do it though, Kirsten. I think you can lift it up to the sink and you can help clear the table. I think you can do it. Your big hammy couldn't do it, but you could do it. Oh. Oh. You want to try again? Maybe you take your thumb out of your mouth and move your lovey, and you can do it all. Okay, let's go. Put it in the sink. so heavy (laughs) that is such an example of who we are it is such a perfect illustration do you really think that we actually grow out of that I mean we may not externally you know exhibit well some of us do you know that kind of behavior on a regular basis but internally we definitely do Uh, we also get that idea because our culture does not like the word submit in fact marketing has made billions of dollars under the idea in the guise that it's all about you that you shouldn't have to submit you shouldn't have to do things anybody else's way whether it's have it your way or just do it or there are some things money can't buy but for every Everything else, there's MasterCard or L'Oreal Paris, you're worth it. It's all about you. So when it's not about you and your will and your ways, not only are we born with that tendency to say no, we also find ourselves desiring to say no because our culture has reinforced even that natural response. Yet, here's what I want you to miss. We can't experience deep and meaningful relationships without a willingness to submit to each other. Let me say that one more time. You and I can't experience deep and meaningful relationships without a willingness to submit to each other. And then when we're kids, we, we, we understand this kind of struggle. If you've, you, you remember growing up and your parents teaching you to share and teaching you to, to not always do what you wanted to do because they saw that all kids kind of wanted to do that and they would get frustrated when their friends wouldn't do what they wanted to do. And so you're trying to grow up out of that experience. And yet many of us find ourselves in the same situation as we get older. In other words, do you have a friend who, unless you do what they want, their will and their way, they don't want much to do with you? And you know that when you submit ideas or you suggest, hey, maybe we should go eat over here, and they're just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do what you want to do. That you're like, ah, this relationship isn't actually going to go very far. In fact, you know, the deeper the relationship, the willingness to submit to one another out of love for that person, we actually find ourselves growing. 
It starts out with, by simple things, like yielding to where you're going to go to eat. You feel like Chinese, they feel like Mexican. Not a, never mind. And so you go to the Mexican restaurant because you're willing to submit yourself in order to benefit other people, even though you would have chosen differently. Why would you do that? Because you care about the person that you're with. And it gramps up from there. Maybe you have plans on a Saturday. You've already got things kind of laid out and you're kind of excited about that. But somebody calls you, someone that you love and care about, and they're in need You drop your plans and you go help them. In other words, you are submitting your plans and your will for that day so that you can submit to somebody else's will in order to help foster the relationship. The Bible says it this way. In Ephesians 5, 21, submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ. Do you have someone in your life um, who's an EGR? Uh, Raise your hand if you know what EGR is. Okay, let me clue in the rest of you guys. It's called an extra grace required person. You know, uh, somebody that uh, doesn't fill much in your life, but, but somebody who's a, a little more needy. They just need a little bit more. And when they text or when they call or when they see you, you're just kind of like, oh, this is going to be kind of a life-sucking experience. And so they're an extra grace required type of person. Now, all of us have somebody in our life that we can think of that it's extra grace required. And if you can't think of someone... Do, do I really need to say it? I think you know. In fact, I was at a retreat you know, in uh, Wyoming. Let me say it again. I was at a retreat, my time, in Wyoming. And so I was sitting there on the couch just enjoying you know, the experience. And a guy comes down and he sits by me. And I'm an introvert and I'm irritated already. Because this is my time. This is about me. And he starts talking, and he starts jabbering, and he starts, you know, uh, talking about things that I first know nothing about, and secondly, don't care anything about. And yet, I found myself being irritated more and more until the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and said, what in the world are you doing? And all of a sudden, I softened, and I started to open up, and I actually started to connect with this guy once I realized it's not always about me. And I don't think I'm the only one that experiences that. Again, deep relationships can only happen with a willingness on both people to submit at some level to one another. Now, it's time to raise the temperature in the room just a little bit. Paul, who wrote that verse to submit to one another, decides to give an illustration He says, let me give you one of the, maybe the hardest challenges, but maybe one of the most significant relational dynamics of where this should take place. And yes, he uses a marriage illustration. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 21, again, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then he says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Amen? Amen. Yeah, only the guys are saying that. All right, let's just pray and go on from there. And men, I'll see you next week, ladies. You know. Now, what it's saying there, let me be clear. It's saying, wives, submit to your husbands. Submission means a willingness, freedom on your part 
to yield yourself, your decision, under the power and the authority of your husband and a willingness to give up resistance. Now, when Paul is, says everything, he isn't referring to you being asked to do things that are against God or immoral or abusive in any way, shape, or form. He would never go along with that. But it is a willingness to relinquish control over things of preference out of the motivation of your love relationship with your husband. Now, wives, doesn't this make you feel good? We always get excited about these things. No, there is tension here. There is tension in the room. There is tension online, and I don't have to be there. It sounds hard, and it sounds incredibly challenging. And in some ways that pastors have used this, it even sounds sexist. But it's not because it's not just one-sided. The Bible verse doesn't end there. Then it says, let me go back again, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For husbands, this means, what means? Submission to your wife means. That's what it's saying there. So it says, submit to your wives. How do we do that? To love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, here's where Paul gets a little confusing as he writes this passage, because now he's going to mix metaphors of Christ's relationship with the church and how he's using this husband relationship with wife. So let me kind of say it the way it's intended and the way it's written. This is what he says. He, Jesus, gave up his life for her, meaning the church, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He, referring to Jesus, did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, of, instead she, which is the church, will be holy and without fault. Then it goes back to the illustration. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. Can I get an amen? amen. A few more ladies are excited about that. So the Bible is clear. To have a healthy, deep relationship with one another as husband and wife in the same way of Christ's relationship with all people, his church, husbands are to submit to their wives in the same way that wives, and not in the same way, but that wives are also to submit to their husband. How? By loving her in the same way that Christ loved the church. Give up your life for her is what the Bible says. Become a spiritual leader. Care for her and treat her as well as you treat yourself. And so I hope you're seeing the mutual submission that if both do their part, their relationships grow and thrive. Now, in theory, this sounds great, doesn't it? Until you find something that you disagree with. It's easy to submit when my husband makes decisions that I agree with and is obviously a great spiritual leader. It's also easy to submit to my wife by loving her because she's always lovable and agreeable. But tensions usually come up. Let me give you a couple categories. Things like finances. Can you find ways to submit to one another when it comes to your finances as husband and wife? How about child raising? That's always a fun one. 
Can you find ways to submit to one another when it comes to raising a child? Here's my favorite, sexual intimacy. Men, can we submit to our wives when it comes to frequency? Wives, even when you don't feel like it or want to from time to time, can you submit to your husbands? You see the mutual submission process even in something so powerful as sexual intimacy? Or maybe the biggest conversation of all, how do you celebrate Christmas? That's a big one. I am so glad that my wife finally submitted to me that the right way to celebrate Christmas is Christmas morning when you open up the presents one at a time to make Christmas last as long as possible. Instead of her crazy Colombian way, where you celebrate it on Christmas Eve when the clock strikes midnight and everybody just opens up as fast as they can and Christmas is done in two seconds. Thank you, Carolina, for your submission in what's most important. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there you go. You get excited about that. Do you ever notice our issue in, in marriage is never, never about how we submit to each other too much, right? Can you imagine, just for a second, pastor, my wife is always submissive to me. She's constantly and consistently looking for ways to respect me, uplift me, defer to me in leadership decisions. It's exhausting how submissive she is to me. Or pastor, my husband is just so submissive to me. He loves me as much or more than himself and even his hobbies or sports. He sacrifices his time, talents, and treasures for me constantly that it's kind of annoying. I'm getting too much love and attention. He's nagging me so much on how often he wants to pray with me and for us to grow spiritually. That never happens. We never see that issue. The issue is all the, always the opposite. And the opposite kind of turns in sometimes to resentment. I don't feel or see my husband or wife doing much of what is being asked of, of them. You notice that that's kind of where your mind went when we actually went through this list? My husband isn't a spiritual leader and he doesn't love me well. Or my wife rarely submits to me. Oh, she wants me to be the spiritual leader until I, do, until I make a decision or do something that she disagrees with or I make a mistake and then she hammers me with it. What we have a tendency to do is when we hear something like this, we put up the other person and we say, look how you're not measuring up. But that's not what the Bible is asking us to do. The Bible is supposed to be a mirror. And so here's what I want to ask. Wives, look in the mirror. How are you doing at submitting to your husband? Husbands, look in the mirror. How are you doing at submitting to your wife? Where can you grow? And when you examine yourself in your heart and you're able to say, here's an area that I could grow in so that in submission to my husband or wife, our depth of relationship will go to another level. In fact, in, in, in Ephesians 5.33, it says, so I say again, what am I saying again? Submit to one another. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Now there's a temptation and it's all always happens in our lives is that when we don't get what we want or we think or we need, we have a tendency to withhold what the other person might want or need as well. We, we kind of do that as a reaction. And so submission is hard 
and we resist it for many reasons. I'm going to give you four primary reasons. And now for everybody else, this isn't just about marriage. This is about the verse, first verse, submit to one another out of your reverence for Christ. I'm going to give you four reasons why it's hard. And I want to see if you can identify which one, let's be honest, it's valid real life and vulnerable and transparent to say, here's the one that applies most to me or the one that I struggle with the most. Maybe number one, we don't submit because we have been abused or taken advantage of in our lives. In the words of the band, great white, once bitten, twice shy. You don't submit because you got hurt. You got trampled on. You got taken advantage of and you were left wounded. And in the wounding, you have some scars. And even though you might find yourself in a more healthy relationship than you were under this previous relationship, you're still finding yourself hesitant because of past wounds and scars. And that's a reality for a lot of people. How about number two? We don't submit because of fear of vulnerability. See, when we humble ourselves, we're willing to submit. There's an obvious opening of ourselves of one another, but vulnerability, if you've not done it or grown up into a family where uh, you are model vulnerability, it kind of makes you feel funny, makes you feel weak. You'd rather be the tough guy or the gal, the hard exterior. You, you want to be the funny person instead of the intimate person, the vulnerable person. So when you submit, you feel it as weakness instead of something of strength. Maybe that's your challenge. How about number three? Uh, we don't submit because of pride. Uh, allow me to point out the second part of the definition of submission, which is to give up resistance, to yield oneself literally, to yield one's opinion to the opinion or authority of another. If you were to submit, you might be a competitive person and you may feel like you lost the argument. Right? You're like, I'm in this, 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 this conversation, which has now turned into an argument, and now it's not about trying to submit, it's about winning. Okay? I, I want to make sure that guys, gals, that you hear me clearly on this. I can't tell you how many times that I personally have won an argument with my wife, with someone on staff, with a close friend of mine, but after winning the argument, I realized I actually hurt the relationship. So did I really win? No. Pride stopped me from helping the relationship, and I actually found myself hurting it in the short and long run, even though I won what I perceived was the argument. And number four, we don't submit because we know it's going to hurt. We don't submit, it's going to hurt. Now, I'm not talking about abuse hurt. We mistakenly think that if I submit, it shouldn't make me uncomfortable and it shouldn't hurt. And that's not what God wants me to do is to be uncomfortable or to experience some emotional challenge or pain. Yet submission at times is going to be uncomfortable and sometimes it's going to cause us pain. Let's go back to Jesus who submitted himself to God before going to a painful cross because of how much he loved us. He was willing to go through some pain to demonstrate and model his love based on that relationship, and he's asking us to do the same thing. You ever thought about when Jesus said to turn the other cheek? That's not a pleasant experience. But when we're willing to do that, it actually demonstrates a higher level of love in the relationship that we might have with a friend, a coworker, or a neighbor. In Ephesians 5, 21 again, it says, submit to one another to reverence for Christ. So here's what I want to do. Let's go look at the list again. I want you to see all four you know, that are up on the screen. 
And I want you, let's just be honest, which one do you have a tendency to say, you know what, that's probably the one that causes me to struggle. Now, you may still overcome it, but causes me to struggle. So let's do this. Let's be honest. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say, you know, you don't submit because you have been abused or taken advantage of in the past? That's your challenge. Okay. How about uh, those of you who say, you know, because of fear or vulnerability? Fear or vulnerability. Right? Quite a few. Uh, this next one is mine. Uh, we don't submit because of pride. There's my both hands, you know, up there as well. Uh, or we don't submit because we know it's actually going to hurt. as well. See, I think you'll find yourself in one or even more of these things. And yet, understand, let's go back to this verse, Ephesians 5.21. Where do we get the strength? Where do we get the motivation? Where do we get the perspective to be able to submit to one another? Because it's going to help us grow in depth of relationships with friends, with family members, with spouses, with coworkers, with neighbors, etc. That's the why behind the what. Go back to the verse. Submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to submit to others out of our submission to him. If you don't get anything else out of what I've said today, I need you to hear me in this. We submit to one another not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, or not because they ask for it. We submit to one another because Jesus asks us to. Out of our submission to Christ, we're willing to submit to one another, trusting that Jesus knows best when it comes to health and depth of relationship. Unity without submission in marriage, in relationships, in coworkers, in whatever relationship you may have, is impossible. In fact, watching football uh, always makes me smile just a little bit. Because I start thinking when 11 guys are on the field and the coach calls in the play, imagine if everybody decided that they weren't going to submit to what the coach had to say. And the quarterback says, no, I'm going to call this play now. I think this is better. Some of it, you're like, well, maybe it's going to be better. He could call it the line of scrimmage, be able to do that. But what if a lineman said, you know what? I actually want to play quarterback now. And because you're not letting me play quarterback, I feel fat shamed. You know, because you just stick me on the line and uh, you don't think I can do anything. And why are you putting me in this place? Because I really want to play that one. And the receiver's like, yeah, I'm tired of running routes. I actually want to be in the backfield now. And the guy in the backfield is like, I actually start wanting to block you now. It would be absolute chaos. And yet that's what we do. We insist for our will and our way because the core of submission is actually humility. Humility, again, is not thinking less of yourself It's just thinking of yourself less. In Philippians chapter two, verse five, Jesus is our model. So we have the ability to submit to one another because of what Jesus did for us. He says, you have to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up, willingly submitted his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Do you see how our Savior submitted his life for the sake of relationship that would be offered in depth to us? 
And knowing this, he asks us to submit to one another out of our relationship with him. And when our focus is on what he has done and not what other people have done, it sure makes submission a lot easier. Because we will either bow before Jesus on this side of eternity and submit to him, or we're going to find ourselves bowing on the other side. Because therefore God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor, and he gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and on under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have walked through this series of trying to understand what does it mean to yield, to willingly say, not out of force, not because you have to, but because we get to for what Christ has done for us, then we can find ourselves being willing to submit to authority figures. We can find ourselves being willing to to submit to church leaders in any way, shape, or form, and we can find ourselves submitting to one another. Why? Because it helps the unity, the mission and vision, and it helps us in the depth of relationship. Submission is not weak. Submission may be the strongest thing that you could do in the life of another person. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity and this week. We pray that you would lead and guide and direct our hearts and minds on where and with whom are you calling us to submit. Lord, maybe it's with you. And if uh, people are watching online or in the room right now, that we would just simply pray this prayer. Jesus, I willingly give my life to you. I submit to you, not just as my Savior, but I want to make you Lord, your will, your way, because you know what's best. Father, out of that, I know that it's hard. I know we've been hurt. And I pray, Father, for just a new resolve that can only come from you and how we can submit and love one another to improve depth of relationship in order to be united and fulfill the mission and vision of who you are. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.